Hey, Action Shelf listeners, before we jump into the show itself, we want to tell you about how you can get even more action in your life. Mm. <laughs> that appeals to more you. Action, more action, you more say, More action, John. you say, yes. If you go over to our Podbean patron page, that's patron.podbean.com slash punchup, you can listen to Lisman and I watch, what's this? Good action movies. Good action movies, you say? That's right, a change of pace. We thought behind the paywall, let's give people something of quality. So And give us something of quality. I know, it's such know? a pleasure to do that. So twice a month, you and I will be doing commentary tracks that you can download for uh, yes. good action movies, all kinds of awesome mm. stuff from a lot of our heroes like John Woo. And uh, we've done stuff from the John Wick franchise and Sylvester Stallone, mm -hmm. Arnold Schwarzenegger, all the guys we never get to talk about on here. Yeah, so you, stuff we legitimately love and uh, love to share with with you you all. Um, yeah, yeah. So you can listen to that uh, as as well as other cool exclusive content from the Punch Up Entertainment Network shows. Uh, once again, the address for that is patron.podbean.com/slash/punchup. And now into the action. The action show. Welcome to the Action Shelf. The podcast celebrates the glory of B action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman. Uh, I don't think I like yeah. video game month. <laughs> you don't? I don't. John. Oh. But what okay, but our ongoing theory, at least mine, yes, is that there has never been a bad video this, game. Uh, this is true, man. I know, and it's mm -hmm. just—I I think what's happening is the quality's too good. It's getting me down. There's never been a Ye bad video game movie, and I'm kind of wanting yes. to see something bad. I kind of want to see something yeah. that doesn't work. You know, you want the other shoe to drop. Of I course. do. It's just yeah. like when you're just winning all the time like this. We mm -hmm. just can't. Yeah. <laughs> and that continues yes. again here with our discussion. Mm -hmm of uh what 1999's wing commander mm -hmm. yeah. wait 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 wing commander that's what we were supposed to watch uh-oh you uh -oh. just said Freddy Prince yeah. jr and matthew little movie from 1999 oh, see, i ran with that. that's like eight movies uh yeah. that, other, that other voice yeah. you hear of course is our good friend and uh fellow punch-up entertainment host mike gergoni Hello, hey. yeah. I was very confused about this high school movie where they were trying to turn an unattractive girl into the prom queen. Uh, mm. Is that not what we were supposed no, to watch? No, you watch you, you watch. She's all that. Yes, a, a oh. movie, a movie of those two actors that came out the same year as this. Isn't that <laughs> now, weird? John? When you when you told me that we were going to be watching a uh, sci-fi space opera. Uh, that came out in 1999. I assumed we were talking about the Phantom Menace. Is Finally. that the wrong film? <laughs> That's Did I it. Watch the wrong that film? famous low-budget B action movie, Star Wars yeah. Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Yes. Okay. No, gotcha. Dang. All well, of this is all of this is weird uh, as we bring up all <laughs> these things. But one of the I'm so glad you brought this up, Gregoni, because one of the weird things is 
the bizarre buddy duo that was Freddie Prinze Jr. and Matthew Lillard in the late mm. 90s, early 2000s. Because, of course, we're talking about Fred and Shaggy in this movie. Yes, indeed. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Really bizarre. Also, just the, um, I'd say, what, 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 maybe three-year run of Freddie Prinze Jr. as a movie star? Like he mm-hmm. he yeah. he he hit quick and burned out fast. Yeah, Maggie said at this time you couldn't escape him. You couldn't. Uh, and I'm like, do I know this guy? Kind of <laughs> vaguely, you know. Well, because so, I think John, where do you start this? Like, do you start it? At, I know what you did last summer. Yes, I think that was the breakout. '98. I know that what you did breakout. last summer. I would say is where because he'd done a couple of supporting roles and some stuff before that, but that was kind of the one that uh yeah that, that made him a known quantity mm-hmm. and then, i think yeah. the run we have here is 97 i know what you did last summer 98 i still know what you did last yes. summer. 99 <laughs> is she's all that that and was wing the commander and she's all that mm-hmm. was the big one for him that hit right. huge and it's like that was the one where people were going like this is the guy mm-hmm. um and wing commander was like maybe not <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe not the guy. Well, the yeah. interesting thing about Wing Commander is all the other ones that were big for him. He was a rom com guy. I mean, he did it. And I know what you yeah. did last summer, Chris, was horror, but he was a teen heartthrob guy. The the, the oh, there's so many like I, I've, there's so many ways to talk about this movie. But one of the things yes. is just the poor choice. None of them are as an action movie. No, because one of the <laughs> I think one of the big one of the big mistakes here is trying to put teen heartthrobs in this movie. Like yes. and and try to pitch this like to... Matthew Lillard. He's I mean he's my bias in this film. <laughs> well, so, actually, uh... I mean Lillard. The the thing is Lillard had the better career because Lillard's the better actor actually. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and actually, I he's not good in this because you can't be good in the script. But I do think he's, he's okay. He's oh I do think he's okay in this. And I yeah. think yeah. I think Freddie Prince Jr. is bad. Not j- we were talking about this beforehand a little bit, Gurgani, before you came on, Lisman. That it's not all his fault. There's a terribly written character, but I always yeah. found Freddie Prinze Jr. pretty dull on screen. Hmm. I, I found him pretty bland. Has... Freddie Prinze Jr. has flourished in the last, I'm going to say, ten years as a voice actor. I think he has done fantastic Agreed. work in the Bioware games, nope. both Dragon Age Inquisition and the, uh, Mass Effect 3. Uh, he is maybe my favorite character on Star Wars Rebels. No, uh, I as think Kanan Jarrus. I think we've discovered that he's a guy who shouldn't be in front of the camera. He he is a good voice actor, but I think mm-hmm. we quickly saw he's kind of dull on screen. It's interesting that he mm. that he has been cuz I agree all of my favorite stuff is but like he did a season of 24 and was pretty bland on there. Um, mm. He just kind of, I don't know, he's just sort of a bland figure. But something mm. about, I don't know if he's freed up from being kind of the pretty boy once he's a video, or like a video game or voice actor. I think there's something about that maybe that allows him to act a little bit more than he... I he, think you get cast in a more variety, like a yeah. wider variety of roles that way, which I think is a little bit freeing, you know? I think that's um, the case. I mean, like his his most recent work is he did a Netflix Christmas movie uh, Christmas rom-com, and I thought, that's a perfect use of him. That's perfect. <laughs> because I do think something yeah. like She's All That, that's fine. He can just sort of be bland and hunky in that. Or Down to You, or Boys and Girls, mm-hmm. or Head Over mm-hmm. Heels, or Summer Catch, which he makes all in a quick row, and as far as I'm concerned, are all the same movie. But Wing Commander <laughs> is the one where I remember... Had either one of you guys seen this before? No. 
No, and I specifically... Oh, that's I, surprising. I, I thought maybe Gurgoni had. Mm. No, and here's the thing. Watching this movie, I think I'm going to have a way less negative take on this movie than the two of you. Ooh. Mm, we'll see. Because we'll I, I was about... I was about to ask, what did you, like, before we really dig into it, what did uh-huh. you guys actually really think about this movie? I kind of liked it. I kind of liked it. Wow, I you guys are insane. This movie's terrible. <laughs> what are you it's talking not about? Great, this but movie, it's not fun. This movie is a shitty version of a bunch of other movies we love. Yes, and there was an era in my life in which that specifically, shitty versions of other things, is all consumed. Well, no, that's yeah. that's why I'm surprised you didn't see it, because I did see this when it came out. Not in the theater, mm. but I definitely rented this because, at the, and this is why I'm surprised particularly you, Gurgoni, because I think we were similar kids in that I rented anything set in space. Absolutely yes, anything where people were flying spaceships that was on TV or in movies, I consumed. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you why I did not rent this movie. Okay. And that is because of Freddie Prince Jr. Because ah. my house, I had two younger sisters. Ah. And so my house was inundated with She's All That and 10 Things I Hate About You yeah. and every other high school dramedy yeah. of this genre. And so when I saw his face on the cover of a thing, my brain instantly goes, no, that's a sister movie. I will not rent that. That's interesting. Because I feel like, I, 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 if I remember correctly, my sister agreed to watch this space movie because of that like i mm. that so i this like got the okay for the family movie night because both my sister and i were interested <laughs> in wing commander so that's interesting yeah. um but you guys this movie's not good are you out of your minds this it's, is it, it's, it's so boring go ahead mike <laughs> i want to discuss my metaphysical connection to this movie okay <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, immediately starting with the craziest thing you could say. Uh, <laughs> well, have you, we just watched this movie. Jim, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we got to yeah. go a little crazy. Oh, this movie's nuts. Is, is there such a thing as retroactively nostalgic for a thing? I don't know, <laughs> I, but that's kind of how I feel watching this movie. I, I, I do get what you're saying about that, because... Uh, I was thinking, I agree, Gurgani, about having a, a, a love of this era of science fiction movies. But I was, a, another movie that was made by Fox around this time that I know you and I share a love for is Titan AE. And I was kind of mm. thinking about that and the vibe of this. That's a way better movie than this. Titan AE is very fun. So here's the thing. While I was watching this movie, mm-hmm. what, what was coming to mind wasn't other movies of this era. Mm. It was television oh, of sure, this era sure. that mm-hmm. this strikes a very similar vibe to. Actually, the number of Babylon 5 flashbacks yeah. I was having while watching mm-hmm. this were intense. Yes. Yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Uh, your, your, your Babylon 5s, your Stargates, your um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Space Rangers. You remember Space Rangers? I was big yes, into that. Yes. I, yeah, any of that like syndicated... I agree, and actually, if this was the two-hour pilot for one of those shows, I would say pretty good. But as yes. a feature film, garbage. Just garbage. Considering cinema. how this movie ends, it does feel like the well, end of the pilot. It does, because, <laughs> because nothing really happens in it. <laughs> yeah, That's another problem I have with, with it. The last the line end. of this movie is, we need to get her to the med bay. Credits. <laughs> I literally, I did go, did you guys run out of film or something? We forgot to, oh, we forgot to shoot the ending. 
And I also thought, like, yeah. oh, was this this was <laughs> probably thought they probably thought they had a franchise here, and it's like, you guys. <laughs> okay, guys. now let's let's get into the the deeper lore of Wing Commander. Because yes, that's let's like, talk about here. this as a mm-hmm. as a video game. Of course, we're talking. This is a month of video game adaptations. This is based on mm-hmm. a fairly well known, but as we were talking about uh, last week, listen, we were t- when we. Uh, a, a well-known video game that really had its time, though. It's not a franchise that has continued into mm. modern gaming so much. Well, yes and no, John. Oh. Yes and no. I um, don't know of any modern Wing Commander games. Let me say that. Well, Gergoni, you don't. You, you went down a rabbit hole. I went down a rabbit hole here. So this also revolves around the film's director, though. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sh- uh, Chris Roberts. Yes is the director and writer, uh, at least of the characters of this film. They also had uh, Kevin Droney as the the screenwriter on the film. Yes. But Chris Roberts is also the guy (laughs) who developed the Wing Commander video game at Origin Software. Which I did know that, and that is very interesting, because of the video game movies we're talking about here, this is the only one that's made by the originator of the game itself as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... He he being like the central linchpin that connects the Wing Commander franchise is like kind of the center of this whole story that I'm about to weave this yarn of. <laughs> yes. um, because he is such a pivotal like figure in the establishment of Wing Commander as a franchise and that franchise being adapted into other mediums. Because Wing Commander, this movie, 1999's Wing Commander, is not the first like spin-off of the Wing Commander franchise into other mediums. Because, John, true. just before we started recording, we were talking about you would watch the TV show Wing Commander. Yes. The animated I, series. I used to watch mm. the animated show on Saturday mornings because, you know, this, I, is, I, I, that, this is so my jam in terms of, like, aesthetics. and I mean, because the pitch mm-hmm. here basically, right, is, and particularly for this movie, I don't know as much about the games, it's Top Gun in space, right? Yeah, and 100%, that is the pitch of the game as well, to the point where the main character's call sign in the game is Maverick. Like, they call it out Mm. in the game. Oh, man. Uh, I want to talk about the fact that he has no call sign in the movie, and it drove me insane that every other character (laughs) had a call sign except Blair. They're going like, Maniac, Angel, Chris. What? (laughs) Because if they were loyal to the games, he would be called Maverick, and if that was a major studio film, everyone would have known it. Yeah, and Paramount yeah. would be like, uh, I think we have a movie that has that. Uh, mm-hmm. Right. So, with Chris Roberts at the center of all of this, let's keep in mind that this is the guy who's directing this entire franchise top yeah. to bottom, yeah. and how rare that is in any kind of franchise. Oh, right? yeah, un- unheard of, yeah. basically. The only other person I can really think of is uh, Ben Enlund and the Tick. Yeah, and now, right, actually, yeah. because it's airing at the moment, Neil Druckmann and Last of Us. Yeah, That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so Chris Roberts comes out and Origin Software or no Origin um, Origin Systems is the name of mm. the developer of Wing Commander. Um, it's really hard to overstate how popular the Wing Commander video games were in the early nineties. Like yeah. when PC gaming was first starting to come into its own, when like Pentium processor, like Pentium One, was like such a big deal that you could process multiple programs simultaneously, um, and so b- being able to simulate uh, dogfighting in space was like a 
golden orb that game developers were chasing forever going back to like mm -hmm. the vector graphics star wars arcade game sure um, yeah yeah and wing commander is largely lauded uh the original wing commander game as being like the one that nailed it and forced the entire industry forward on a lot of that stuff like kind of like the like, quake or doom for first person yes, shooters 100 yeah. percent. it's the quake of like mm. space dogfight simulators cool gotcha um that's great and to the point where like uh wing commander 2 like really again pushed the whole industry forward and like reactive games like tie fighter and x-wing from lucas arts came out within years of that to like try to capitalize on that popularity mm. yeah now what sort of changed the game here uh quote unquote is wing commander 3 because that introduced something that was also extremely popular at the time in pc games and that's what's called fmv cutscenes full motion mm. video cutscenes Yes, And if you are a dweller of the internet, you've probably seen uh, at least the Command and Conquer ones of oh, God. Uh, yeah. Tim Curry being a Russian general and saying, go to space. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this Great. was a thing back in the mid-90s. Oh, hell yeah. Computer graphics aren't quite to the point where we can make decent-looking cutscenes. But mm -hmm. there's a bunch of C-list actors floating around California <laughs> and Pinewood Studios, uh, which is where all the cutscenes for the Wing Commander games were filmed. Were the same studios mm -hmm. as uh, the Bond films, John? Yes. Oh, there you go. Yes. Uh, and so Wing Commander Three, because that was another thing that the Wing Commander games were always like highly, highly lauded for, was their uh, story. It was one of the mm -hmm. first games that uh, used like. Um, uh, story where like your choices would differentiate the ending of the game oh, cool. in significant Ooh, ways. Cool. That's yeah. Um, it was also uh, Wing Commander Two was also one of the first games to include like uh, actual voice actors in it mm. uh, to like high effect. Did that um, and so, was like, that was that Mark Hamill and stuff in that one or did that start in the third one? That started with number three when we have this cast of like pretty well known actors. Yeah, when you said C list, we're roles. getting more B list into close to A list with some of the. I mean, mm -hmm. Malcolm McDowell, man, god damn. So mm -hmm. yeah, we have Wing Commander Three, Heart of the Lion, starring Sweet Mark title. Hamill, who has retroactively become now the main character of the franchise. Because in Wing Commander One and Two, it was sort of just like faceless, generic mm. Tabula Rasa. Right. The character is you, but mm -hmm. retroactively they named that character Christopher Blair in wing commander three played by mark hamill which is i mean which if, i mean my god of course if, if if this whole thing goes to star wars fucking get the hero star wars in it you know yeah but but you also got to remember the context of mark hamill's career at this point in the mid 90s he was kind of seen as like a c and d list guy and in, in live just action. starting to get back into voice acting yeah. and like really making a name for himself there but like after Star Wars, he kind of his career kind of crashed and burned a little bit in movies and TV. As, yeah, he went to he went. Yeah. I mean, he went to Broadway he did and then theater, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did Amadeus on Broadway and stuff like that. But yes, for a, the larger pop culture stuff, he disappeared, especially when you consider the obviously massive ascent of Harrison Ford. Right. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, you have Malcolm McDowell. Uh, you yeah. have John, Jonathan Reese Davies. In Hell this. yeah! Hell yeah! <laughs> Tom you Wilson, have Tom Wilson, Biff uh, himself. I mean, a guy who's you know not like an A-list actor, but always a solid character actor for decades. Yeah, uh, Jason Bernard, who's also just like a staple guy. Like you see his face, and you're like, oh yeah, I know. 
I mean, like, you sent us the trailer for Wing Commander 3, and pretty much uh -huh. everybody who shows up in it, I go, oh, I know that guy. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, you even have Tim Curry being the voice of one of the uh, the, the tiger aliens. Here, here's, the th um, here's the thing about Tim Curry. He was at least the voice of every bad guy in everything. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the Peter Pan animated series that was on in the 90s? Uh -huh. He was the voice of Captain Hook in that. He was the connection to Mark Hamill. He was originally cast as the Joker in Batman the Animated Series. Right. Oh, I've seen the like the reel of him doing the Joker. It's weird. Yeah, the deem too too legitimately scary for a children's program. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so w Wing Commander three comes out in 1994, I believe. Uh, and then Wing Commander 4 comes out two years later in 96. And both of them are enormous hits. And, like, people actually, like, lauded the live, uh, the full motion video cutscenes at the time as being like, oh, wow, this is really sucking me into the narrative of the game. And on top mm -hmm. of that, the gameplay is also really, really mm. Now... Fast forward about 15 years. Yes. I mean, we let's skip past the movie to begin with okay. and recenter ourselves on Chris Roberts because you talked about how Wing Commander has kind of fallen out of the public consciousness. Yes. And I would agree with you, except for the efforts of one Chris Roberts <laughs> in the making of a game that has now kind of been famously been the largest video game boondockle in all of video game history and that is star citizen mm. oh. i have heard of oh, this yes, yes. yeah oh yes. yes yeah okay so star citizen is like one of the highest kickstarted video games of all time crowdfunded back right. in 2010 it was originally funded for two million dollars it still has not come out and has been in open beta for like five years at this point you can mm -hmm. play it, but it is an enormous money sink, and like when or if it will ever come out is remains to be seen. I've talked to people who have played it, and mm -hmm. it is apparently a really good game. Um, it makes sense. And it has a lot of the like the space opera stuff you would expect from Chris Roberts coming into this, especially knowing mm -hmm. his history with Wing Commander. It doesn't have any. It's not yeah. a. It's not part of the Wing Commander franchise, though, right? No, correct. Yeah, yeah. But it clear. It feels like a very much a spiritual extension of wing commander as a property mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so yeah that is kind of my brief background wow. history of wing commander so with all of that context this movie is the worst bit of well, the franchise because he here's the thing <laughs> turning it to the movie i think what's interesting is as you're talking about this is it, the, the games are so innovative they're so the next level then we see this movie it is so generic it is. I mean, I think you're dead on about the 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 late '90s or 2000s TV, but that's bad when this is a studio theatrical release. That's the mm -hmm. thing Listen, that gets you. Me. You brought up uh, Phantom Menace. Um, came out the same year, yeah. and you look at the spaceships in this yeah. compared to the so spaceships bad. in that. Yeah. Whoa. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, when, did, when did this come out? Well, in you know, '99. Was this before or after? Uh, March. Oh, it's right. It's literally right before Phantom Menace, like a oh, month, gosh. like a couple months before. They're like, we have to get this out. This before. came out we March twelfth, ninety nine, and I think that was May of ninety nine. Was Phantom Menace? Oh wow! So yeah, There's uh, like, we need mm -hmm. a little bit of time before well, that movie comes. And this is something we were talking about. I do have, as we always do, 
the budget of this movie, and I would like both of you mm-hmm. to take your best guess, having just watched this movie. It's 1999. What did this movie cost to make? Oh, boy. I want to say 15. Gurgoni says 15. Lisman? I'm going to say 20? 20? You're both getting there. 30. Okay, Okay. 30. Interesting. It's certainly a lot more money than... than it made that's that's for sure this uh, movie does not worldwide like gross 11.5 whoa yeah that's a that's a disaster uh yeah. this is still to this day the only movie chris roberts has directed yeah i mean that they totally don't, tracks they don't let you direct I, a movie after after that <laughs> i tried to look up like some of the like making of this movie history just to figure out some of like yeah. how did he wrangle becoming the director of a I, yeah uh, yeah of a movie that got a wide studio release yeah I mean mm-hmm. this, yeah this is uh, did you find it 20th Century Fox um no I got no clear answer <laughs> well now it's that. interesting did you look up <laughs> Kevin Droney at all the the screenwriter of this because this mm-hmm. movie makes a lot more sense. Uh, well, I mean, it, it makes sense that it's a first-time director, but if you look at what Kevin Droney worked on, uh, yeah. Gurgoni, 90s TV, he worked. He was a staff writer on Highlander, the television series. Um, he also wrote the Mortal Kombat The Mortal Kombat movie, Kombat movie. yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. I, I think, which, as, as mocked as it is, was a hit. So I'm sure that was Fox's thinking, and hey, that guy wrote a successful video game movie, let's get him to do this one. I do like that his professional career, at least where IMDb is concerned, stops at Wing Commander, though. Uh, this movie put a lot... <laughs> this movie killed a lot of people's careers. Chris Roberts never directed mm-hmm. again. I do think this definitely pumped the brakes on the ascent of Freddie Prinze Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think also just kind of put people off of space movies, even, to a certain extent. Uh, other, well, I mean, Star Wars did, you know, but it's just kind of like maybe they, I think some of the reaction was like, maybe we just let the Star Wars and Star Trek do their thing. Well, mm-hmm. the one-two punch of the year before of uh, uh, Matt LeBlanc in Lost in Space. That also. And then this. That, this movie also, I was thinking about Lost in Space, which is actually very similar with the Matt LeBlanc and Freddie Prinze Jr. When you're talking mm-hmm. about sort of light comedic actors going, I'm going to make an action star turn in a big studio space movie. Now, Lost in Space was a more expensive movie and a bigger bomb than this. Because uh, Lost mm-hmm. in Space had a lot of momentum behind it. That was going to be a huge movie, and it underperformed. And it's it's not very good in much the same in very much the same way. This isn't very good. Uh, I think mm-hmm. I think they are bad in similar ways. They are. Uh, just under they're like undercooked they're they understand the basic aesthetics of these space adventure movies but mm-hmm. both of them kind of are convoluted and like eh. and they both feel well, like they're I, implying larger mythos but you're like oh maybe this should be a show not a movie right because the the show that did this basic concept basically pitch perfectly yeah. is Battlestar Galactica right that's it's very mm-hmm. hard not to also think of that which is a few years after this as being the really awesome version of this. And Battlestar Galacta is mm-hmm. as good a TV show as has ever been made, period. But especially in science fiction. That's a masterpiece. Yeah. And and we can quibble about the end of Galactica. And I, I, you, you know, enough that, time has passed. I've made my peace with the end of Galactica is kind of the thing uh, I have about it. 
the the end of Galactica to me is like not so egregious as Game of Thrones that it retroactively kind of spoils the rest of the I series. Could, I don't like, think I, I could can go ever back and rewatch Galactica. Agreed. I don't think I could ever go back and watch Game of Thrones again. Um, Interesting. It's it's bad. Um, I mean, because because it doesn't it, uh, it doesn't ruin characters like Game of Thrones does. It it, right. it, it it's, you're you're more like what with some of the Galactica wow. stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. but it, it's more larger plot stuff than it is like oh you fundamentally damaged main characters. Um, okay. So, so but anyway, I, I yeah, want to as we yeah. talk about the Wing Commander movie, I do want to try to like go a little bit back and forth between what is the cast of the movie versus who are these because who are these same characters that were in the games played by different actors? Well, I'll because say largely it's the same like character cast. Well, and I'll say hmm. one of the one of my biggest problems is. Uh, with this movie, none of these characters are very interesting. Like, all of them are pretty stock archetypes. Christopher Blair, in particular, I have such a problem with because they want him to be Maverick from Top Gun, but they also want him to be Luke Skywalker, and he kind of lands mm-hmm. neither and ends up being just a nothing character. I think he's the weakest performance in the movie. Yes. Oh, yeah, I th- unquestionably. I think so. Yeah. I think, I think everybody else has has a level of earnestness that you don't often see in action shelf movies. Like there is a, there is a honest, earnest attempt at making, at making these characters feel real and human uh, in a way that I I don't see a lot in action shelf movies, Um, which, which I really appreciated. Even if the overall plot of the movie was hard to follow and made no sense. Right. Um, the the relationship between uh, Matthew Lillard's character, uh, mm-hmm. Maniac, and the other pilot, Rosie, actually, mm-hmm. I thought was one of the more compelling bits of the movie. I, li- I liked them, yeah. Yeah. Although, I, I Maggie and I immediately called, like, okay, so she is both a black character and a love mm-hmm. interest to another character. Yeah. She's so fucking dead. And yeah. they, they did do that, which was, I wasn't sure. I wasn't uh, sure if they were going to kill maniac even at a certain point. Cause I, cause once again, I'm right. looking at it through the top gun lens and going, is he going to be the goose mm-hmm. that gets sacrificed right. in Blair's arc? Well, mm-hmm. and yeah. based on what I know about, uh, the, the game franchises plot. Cause again, I never actually played any of the wing commander games. Yeah. Um, yeah. they were like a Neither little bit before my time in yeah. terms of my like ascent into gaming at this time. I think I was more into Zumbinis and the Oregon trail. Sure. Um, sure. <laughs> for, for computer gaming. Yeah. For, for yeah. computer gaming. Yeah. I believe a uh, Lego rock Raider <laughs> in my radar there. Sure. Um, sure. there was those early Lego games for the PC, like Lego Island. Yeah. Um, oh, love Lego Island classic but, but yeah I, I similarly i always liked the idea of them and i said i like the animated show but i never they never even seemed like they were really like something i could access i mean i could but it wasn't like they weren't like presented to me in a way where it's like here here's a wing commander game you should buy it you know yeah right and well, it's hard I, to it oh go ahead no you go for it listen. i was just gonna say it, it, it was hard because the the rogue squadron games which are coming out yes af, i think after this were so I mean I already liked Star Wars and it was yep. a similar concept so it was yep. hard I played to all, do anything else besides oh, yeah. Well I was yeah I, I was talking about that the before Rogue the Rogue games. Squadron games the Rebel Assault games the that mm-hmm. were doing a lot of the same stuff I was playing all the Star Wars based ones Right mm-hmm. and like I said the the X-Wing game and the Tie Fighter game that came out in 94 and 95 were direct responses to Wing Command Yeah Yes, that makes sense. But they have that strong IP behind them, so they're a little bit more recognizable in the long term, like 
PC gaming continuum. Definitely. Uh, the other thing, uh, I mean, I had some I hype as being too much for this movie, but once again, this movie was aimed right at us. But I had some of the toys from this movie, uh, mm. and I had I had I'm I'm googling it here. Wing Commander action figures. I had I had the Maniac figure, and I had the Marine Blair figure when he's in the spacesuit with the rifle when they get mm. on the Kilrathi ship, but they were just space character figures in my right. play of stuff. They weren't, I wasn't into wing command, you know, like it was sort of the thing was, I was just like, Oh, they probably mixed with my star Wars X wing pilots, you know, like, right. Uh, but I guess my, my point with that was that going into this movie, there were a cast list of characters that I was aware of that I was like, okay, if they're hoping for this to be a, a longer franchise, which is clearly the case yep. going into this movie, <laughs> based on this movie, having no ending. Yes. <laughs> There is a list of characters here that probably are safe based on my knowledge of the games ah, and the sure. in those games. Sure. Um, so Maniac was on that list of just like, he's probably going to be fine, but everyone like from all the like Admiralty and Rosie on down, like those characters were total cannon fodder. Ah, well, the, the, they did, the only person I can see here that they tried to approach from the games was Malcolm McDowell. They did try to get Malcolm McDowell to play, was it Admiral uh, Talwin or Tolwin? Tolwin, yeah, mm. which in the movie is played by David Warner. Who's uh, which slumming is... it like nobody's business in this thing. <laughs> Ed Dillinger slash Sark himself, the master control program, yes. uh, is here as one of the admiralty of uh, the a, guy, a, a guy who play, who's in Star Trek V and Six is different characters. Uh, <laughs> he played Jack the Ripper in time. What's interesting, he played Jack the Ripper in time after time being pursued by Malcolm McDowell as H.G. Wells. Mm, they've done battle on screen together uh when mark mcdowell was unavailable due to shooting the 90s version of fantasy island which i think is really funny i had forgotten mark mcdowell that's why he was unavailable for this i don't really know if you could say he dodged a bullet there or not you know he was doing that or has dodged zero bullets in his career he has taken every bullet malcolm mcdowell Uh, there was a there's a great interview and i highly remember this from maybe like three four years ago where he just where he said Acting is my job. I do not care what the part is. I just want to make money. And so he goes, all mm. I care about is is funding my lifestyle and spending time with my family. And so he goes, I don't care. He goes, I don't look at it as artistic merit. I look at it as I am the, this is my profession. And if people offer me jobs, I take them. And so that means sometimes I'm in, about it. He goes, that means yeah. sometimes in good, I'm in good things, sometimes in bad things. It makes no difference to me. And I'm going, you kind of yeah. can't fault that logic. It's sort of like people would be like, how dare you? But it is kind of like, no, he just goes, no, I'm just a working man. I don't, you know. So, yes. He that, okay, he's the he's not begrudging other actors no. who are like uh, but into that, the art. That probably that. explains like, why, this is just for me. why he's currently recurring on the reboot of Gossip Girl on HBO Max right now. <laughs> you know? Hey man, I mean, like he just goes like, "Look, I just wherever anybody wants me." So yes, that is the thing where he is all over the place. Their next choice after Malcolm McDowell, they try to get Ben Kingsley. <laughs> okay, which we have seen Ben Kingsley yeah. slum it. We have seen Ben Kingsley slum movies. it, but I don't think he was slumming it yet in '99. I think he was still. Yeah. The thing about the Malcolm McDowell, the Ben Kingsley, or as they get David Warner, uh, and this movie does it with a couple characters. 
this is a big thing. I'm this was in every like we see it a lot in action movies, but I do remember this particular with sci-fi movies. You try to get that prestigious British actor to add a little gravitas to your genre mm. movie, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they settle on David mm-hmm. Warner, who is also a sci-fi guy, like I said, in a lot of Star Trek stuff. And, and so that that makes sense to me. I do think... John, they did that three times in this movie. Actually, four times if you count Ken Bones. Yes, uh, which I'll, I'll, I'll give you Ken Bones, but you're also talking about... Uh, well, because fucking Jurgen Proch now in this. Hey... He is my Duke, and I will not hear any other word about I, it. <laughs> no, I love Jurgen Prochnow. Uh I mean, but the, the but also, I think the Jurgen Prochnow casting in this is definitely off of Das Boot, right? Like the mm-hmm. submarine commander sort of vibe, which is uh, like a. Ma- I mean, Das Boot is a masterpiece. Uh, that I'm. That, that's not a hot take. Uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> the great Jurgen Prochnow. Uh, and then Hikil uh, 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 Perot himself, David Suchet, uh, who I th- really, he was the one I was most like, no, get out of this movie. <laughs> I love him as Perot, that BBC Perot show that I used to watch on A&E. Uh, mm-hmm. But like, uh, th- I mean, this guy is the classiest of classy British actor. Royal Shakespeare mm-hmm. Company, uh, you know, BBC miniseries kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he played Poirot for thirty years in the BBC. He did. He Whoa. did. They adapted every single Poirot story with him, uh, mm-hmm. and it is great. Uh, he's do- he does one of the voices on His Dark Materials now. Yeah, um, that's and cool. Ken Bones, who is like a guy whose face you'll like see and go, "Oh yeah, I've seen a him." A million in something. movies. One of those you don't know him from any one thing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But he's always just like some dude in the background somewhere who says an important line like, no, my lord, we mustn't. Yeah, exactly. You know, he plays generals and uh, senators and things like that. What's young Dracula? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. John found another Dracula movie. (laughs) It's a show. 66 episodes of a show Uh, about young vampire. Oh, I don't know. that. that, Young, hot Dracula. Yeah, it's a bold (laughs) new take, man. Will it work? Um but yeah, they are all doing, and they are all the admiralty in this movie going, the stakes of this are very high. <laughs> we have two hours to derail the Kilrathi invasion of Terra. I will say, one of the things that this movie does do well that a lot of action shelf movies don't is a ticking clock. However, mm-hmm. it's then super boring what ends up happening once that ticking clock runs out. Um, is, is, I, just, I, I found this movie pretty boring. Honestly, um, a lot of stuff is happening and a lot of stuff is pew pewing, but I kind of mm-hmm. found myself pretty checked out in it. I approach this movie like I approach a lot of space opera stuff, and maybe this is due to the fact that I am in the middle of writing a science fantasy setting role playing game supplement. Mm. But, like, <laughs> yeah, the I really get into the the world building of a thing right sure. and so like mm-hmm. all of the little mechanisms that are built into this movie of just like okay we've got an ai system that can help us jump from point to point that ai system is based on like a biological uh mm-hmm. bit of the the whole uh or they call pilgrims which yeah, is an invention yeah, for the movie and i'll get into that a i was wondering later. about that but i i and i know you do gurgani but it's just so 
tossed off here. You can spin it out in your head, and I think maybe that's helping you, but, like, I just went, like, but it's all such nonsense as the movie is playing it. It, it doesn't... I don't feel like it's really, like, steeped in world-building. It feels like it's all kind of half-thought-out in the movie to me. But here's the wild part, John, is, like, in a better movie, mm-hmm. the not stopping the film to explain anything approach yeah. is lauded in certain aspects. When we talk about something mm-hmm. like John Wick or like uh, other science fiction movies, where it's like, well, here, that's the technology. This is what it does. Moving on. We're not going to take time. To well, the, 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 the difference is you then also are then in, in those cases uh, is because you're invested in the characters and I'm not particularly sure. invested no, in these characters. Or the stakes. Like said, Even the stakes the, are kind of ill-defined. I mean, they're not because it's like, oh, it's Earth is at stake. But like the Kilrathi and their whole deal, other than scary aliens, are sort of like, why are we at war with them exactly? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they op- explain that in the opening crawl when we get like all of the... But, uh, yeah. I, I, but okay. it's not like reinforced in the actual yeah. movie. I did think that the Kilrathi was... Like well, whole thing was the Kilrathi the are the biggest movie. weakness in the movie because it's a clear we don't have the budget to show them a lot. You know yes. how little we see Kilrathi in this movie. Also, mm-hmm. the fact that the bad guys are called Kill Wrath Wrath. It's, yeah. That's not, and that's not. Is that from the game? Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, yes. yeah, that's uh, lazy. Yeah. So. But. I mean, in the trailer that I sent you for Wing Commander 3, we get a good look at some Kilrathi because they are these big, like, lion people They things. look better mm-hmm. than the ones in yeah. the movie! And in the games, you even have one that's on your team. You have, like, a turncoat oh, one well, that now joins that's, the team. That's already that infinitely interesting. more interesting than anything in this movie. Yeah. Well, that yeah. was going to be in the sequel, John. <laughs> well, yeah. One. This this a hundred percent seems like a movie where all the filmmakers are going. Well, movie two is going to rule. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things about the Kilrathi in the Wing Commander games is that for the most part, they are just the enemy ships that you see. Sure. And like the the story of them is built into the background of the game until the third game ends with you like space dueling the crown prince of the Kilrathi Empire in low hey, bit above a planet. That sounds like a climax to a film I'd like to see. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the thing is is sort of like uh, I think my the my biggest annoyance with the movie is the whole movie feels like it's ramping up and then it just ends it never like achieves cruising altitude for me I never got yes. invested everything is like okay okay oh oh it's over yeah one of the main issues this movie has beyond the the central linchpin that is Freddie Prince Jr. and his terribly written character his terribly written is... character and I, I I do think budget is is that $30 million while being a substantial amount of money in, in any other context is so low for a massive for a... like space epic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when we get cutaways to a Kilrathi uh, ship at, in the third act of the movie, suddenly you're like, wait, these guys have dialogue and we care about what they're thinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yes. That's, that's should, weird. Should we, should we maybe have been doing this the whole time movie? And can I say, eh. uh, in terms of like budget allocation, just cut the the worst action sequence, which is the attack on the ship where they're trying to do the yes. aliens kind of thing. Because there's so much smoke and fog, and you're going like you are hiding your shitty sets, and you are really clearly you can only do like one Kilrathi at a time for Freddie Prince Jr. to mm-hmm. shoot. And 
Uh, and that, and I have problems with all the other action sequences, but that's really the one that goes like, you just wanted to do a scene where they shoot guns on a ship. Because yes. the, the Killerathi in the games look like uh, full bodysuit Muppets, right? Yes. Like your Sweetums or your uh, Big Bird, like mm-hmm. that kind of approach where you they, have the animatronic heads on top of an axe. They look pretty cool, yeah. man. Really, watching that trailer, I went... Dude, I want to just. They, why didn't they just use these? Were these lying around somewhere? These costumes? <laughs> That's one of the things I find so interesting about this movie is almost nothing from the FMV of Wing Commander three and four is reused in this movie. At least in terms mm-hmm. of like design aesthetic, if not actual literal sets or props. And I find yeah. that so bizarre. It's so bizarre because I think that's another problem I have with the movie, and this is something listen we talk about in a lot of stuff, and I think it was really particularly the case here. Everything in the movie is so like dark and uh, like once again in a way that feels like it's hiding stuff for me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Did everything feel mm-hmm. underlit? Like watching the trailer for the game, yeah. I'm going, "Oh, these uniforms look cooler." Everything feels a little bit more real, weirdly, for a, a, a computer game from the 90s than in this movie yeah. where everything is trying to be gritty but ends up feeling cheaper as a result of it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I completely agree. that it, they were The dim lighting was definitely to hide the, the low budget. And I sure. think that's particularly the case in some of the space battle scenes, too, where you're going like, oh, uh, yeah, you, you, you're not getting a good look at these ships. Or... The the my bigger problem is, and again, and I think it's a cost saving thing. Is how much footage is is close ups of people in their cockpits? Mm-hmm. So you're not getting the full scope of battle sequences, which should be the main feature here, right? We should be getting yeah. the Star Wars s dogfights, and instead, it's a lot yeah. of people in their ships going bank. They're on me, man. You know, which is in Star Wars, but there's a lot of just like. I'm going to explain what I'm seeing out my cockpit as opposed to actually looking at a massive battle. It's also harder to tell who is who in yes. the battle sequences because yeah. the CG was not great. And I, no. I think that is one thing that, like, you know, this did come out the same year as Phantom Menace. And what what works about Star Wars is that everything is so clear. You can always yeah. tell who is who, who's part of the, you know, the villains, who's part of, you know, part of the heroes, depending on if it's you know, the original trilogy or the prequel trilogy, but it, the imagery is always very, very clear that, and you that, always know what's going on. That is um, something, uh, that they should have taken a note from Lucas on. And some of that is they don't yeah. have the technology, but just in general, I think, yes. uh, you know, there's a lot of things to, to bag on Lucas about, but I think he was always very good at directing action sequences in terms of clarity of that kind of stuff. So you didn't get lost in it. Well, and something yeah. that we'll see in later science fiction franchises, I think Halo is one of the best examples of this, is clear differentiation between uh, different spacefaring entities and the, yeah. like the ship yes. outline. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. a, a few times in this movie, there are large battle sequences featuring capital ships where I completely mm-hmm. lose track of which ships are the good guys and which ships yes. are the bad guys. Yeah. Exactly. And that's actually, yeah. uh, once again, talking about something that, that also didn't have a ton of resources because it was a cable show, but Galactica did a great job. I'm never confused about, you know, uh, uh, the, what the Cylon ships are and stuff like that because they're, mm-hmm. number one, those Cylon ship designs are sweet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't have the budget, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> if you don't have the budget or or uh, technology to accomplish something like that, then art direction is going to be your saving grace. Um, yeah. Really clear art direction. And so that's the, um, that's the thing. So I want to hear about what worked for you guys, because you guys seem hotter on this movie than I did, but you seem to be agreeing with a lot of the, the points of which I'm like, yeah, this doesn't work. I don't think, I'm sure. not saying you guys, it doesn't sound like you guys love the movie, but I, I, I flat out was like, ugh. <laughs> Lisbon, do you have mm. your thoughts organized where this is concerned? I mean, kind of. I, don't I mean, know. I agree. Uh, Lisbon, it, I do agree. Uh, I will say, always with the caveat of, yes, this is more polished than a lot of the shit we normally watch on here. There is yeah, no question. Yeah. It's got the studio sheen. That can that can, yeah. that it it was it was more pleasant to watch than like a Seagal movie. I'll, I mean, any day, well, no question yeah. about that. Yes. But but then mm -hmm. when I roll it back over into but other space adventure movies, then it's a fucking mm -hmm. nightmare. Mm -hmm. I guess my whole thing was I went into this movie seeing the Metacritic score, seeing the IMDb user review score, yeah. and mm -hmm. just being totally prepared for oh, this is going to be a slog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it was. Like, yeah, there are parts of this movie that are slow, but I think every slow bit in this movie are in service to character beats, which is more than we can say about a lot of stuff that you all watch on the action shelf. No, I, yes. I agree yeah. with... I agree. I don't think the movie's a slog. I also don't think the character beats work, a lot of them, for me, because um, I, I didn't find these... I, I, I feel like particularly the both... Uh, Blair and Devereaux and holy shit you want to talk about a nominee for awkward romance when we get to the shelfies at the end of this year the idea that it I, it wasn't a romance until it was yeah their, their yes. romantic subplot comes out of fucking nowhere yeah other than yeah. it's just like yeah. they're both hot so they got a kiss at the end of the movie that, that felt weird because she felt Maybe it's just the performance, but she felt older, like a lot older than mm -hmm. him, and a lot more mature. <laughs> they probably lot, are the same age. Shit but... together. Also, the, but yeah, just the performance is so much better from her. Uh, Saffron Burroughs is a good movie. actor too. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. uh, really good yeah. actor. Um, I, yeah, uh, I, re I really liked. I really liked her in this movie. She is four years older than Freddie Prince Jr. But so. I mean that. I mean, I think, so I think it's the performance more than. Yeah, it's not. Else. I mean, they're not. You know. But yes, the way that uh, Freddie Prince was playing it, it was he's maybe fifteen, and he's <laughs> this is his I mean, first space outing. It, um, yeah, I think that's part of my problem with Blair, right? Is I don't really know how to feel about this guy because he, yeah, it seems like he's kind of written with experience, but played like a teenager because he's being played by a guy who's in the middle of teen heartthrob status too. Right, I, mean, I think that exactly. adds to it. So, that's what he's channeling more than like an actual character. But he's not... and it doesn't help that there's no character written in the script. No, and like I said, I don't know where the per, where the performance and the the script exactly you know diverge there. Yeah. But if he is the he's not playing it as he's not playing it fully wide eyed Luke Skywalker, but he's also not mm -hmm. going cocky Maverick from Top Gun, and so he ends up mm -hmm. kind of being this muddled character that I have no idea how I should feel about, other than he is yes. nominally the hero, and of course has the Luke Skywalker you've got abilities, son, that no one else has, so you can save right. us. But that's kind of what defines him more than anything. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that's honestly I think one of the larger problematic underpinnings of this movie is the weird pilgrim 
uh, storyline built in that adds a level of xenophobia to so many other yeah. characters yes. that we might otherwise yes. like. <laughs> because there's this whole yeah. thing, and this is the kind of thing I'm talking about where it's like, it's world building that's tossed in, but I'm going, wait, what? Mm. That there there was... So, before the war with the Kilrathi, right, there was a war with the Pilgrims? I believe which so. Which are yeah. a different subspecies of humanity which developed space powers by living out in space space navigation yeah. specifically right like they have a and they, I, they have a natural affinity well, it's not clear yeah well that's well, kind of wrong when we finally get an explanation for what separates pilgrims from humans it's that they can like feel electromagnetism as a sixth sense which yeah. allows them to have a perfect sense of direction in three-dimensional space which would be super useful when yeah. navigating through space that's that's not right? i mean like a lot of stuff in this movie that's not a bad idea but it's just kind of mm -hmm. it's both undercooked in uh in in its part of the start like in the past and the way people feel about pilgrims mm -hmm. and i don't think mm -hmm. they do enough with it once he's exerting those powers and it's also not a visually impressive no. power. No. It is right. very like much a sci-fi writer's idea of a mm. cool power. Yeah. I, of just like, oh, someone who can perfectly be aware of their position in three-dimensional space would be right. incredibly overpowered in real life. And I'm like, yes, it would. It also doesn't translate at all visually. No. it's right. it, 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 yeah. Now, here's an interesting thing. You're going. Did you see that there's a series of novels based on this movie? Because there I... are three novels which are this movie. There are novels which uh, uh, retell the stories of the games, right. and there are novels that are just like side tangents. Because there are also like four spin-off games uh, to the, yes. the Wing Commander there's a franchise. Lot of, I, I was wow. looking at the Wing Commander franchise Wikipedia, and there's a lot mm -hmm. of there's a lot of stuff on there that I've never heard of. Yeah, um, uh, Wing, Wing Commander Academy was interesting because it was a combination of like real time strategy stuff and the the space combat stuff. Right. Um, I specifically remember the Wing Commander card game being uh, coming out at around the same time in the early nineties mm. as Magic: The Gathering and being like mm. this trading card boom that happened in the late nineties between Pokemon and Magic and, like, every other franchise you could think of trying to have their own card game. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the, uh, the Star Wars collectible trading card game? All sure. the Episode One cards that came out with that? Sure. <laughs> uh, th but I was going to say, like, things like that, I'm almost going, you know what? The movie novels might be better. Like, in terms of the things you're talking mm -hmm. about, uh, in terms of like the stuff with the pilgrims, I could see that working in a novel because it's very conceptual. But yes, it's not mm. very visual because it is sort of like you're the only one who can do this, Blair. At the end of the movie, and then I kind of at the end of the movie, I went like, well, "What? What is he doing? He went through a jump point that other people the gravity well. I couldn't? think they called it went well, and then then a Kilrathi ship follows them through one. Did you guys think at that point? That the Kilrathi had a pilgrim, uh, you know. Oh, that would have. Uh, well, actually, so <laughs> that whole would sequence, be like the main villain, you know. That's kind of where I thought the movie was going. That um, whole sequence in which the Kilrathi ship falls and through that jump point actually undercuts mm -hmm. the finale of how Freddie Prince Jr. defeats the final Kilrathi ship because yeah. it implies that the one that followed them through was able to make that navigation even though exactly. it was only uh, with the help of, uh, what's his name, Paladin and uh, Freddie Prince mm -hmm. Jr., who was able to make that first jump that the Kilrathi yeah. followed them through. 
Did yeah. I was looking at the trivia also. Listen, as you bring that up is interesting because did you see there was an entire cut subplot about there being a traitor? I did, yeah. And I was trying and to figure out which that character is a thing that from was. the games. And Ken Bones' yeah, character was a traitor, and then they just cut all that stuff. Oh, okay. So okay. Admiral, so was, the character of Admiral was, yeah. Wilson was going to be working for the Kilrathi or whatever, or, or siding with them against the Confederation, um, mm -hmm. and uh, they just cut all that. Well, what I love yeah. is <laughs> his uh, action figure still identified him as a traitor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because they had already made the toys, as we know that comes in. But so, but so that was something that was shot. So keep in mind, Ken Bone's performance in the movie is a guy playing as though he knows he's the traitor in the movie, mm -hmm. which is interesting considering he is the guy who like sends the initial message, right? He's the one on is it him? Pegasus I it, Station. Who... I thought it was David Warner who sent the message. No, no, no. David Warner is the one who is like on the bridge of the ship at the end of the movie being like, we need to sacrifice lives so that we can stop the Kilrathi invasion. Oh, is that? Oh, all right, now I'm confused about which admiral. That's another thing, too. Less admirals, less people in charge. There's too many guys in charge here. And then yeah. we got to talk about uh, Sheki Cario. Uh, who's another really good actor who's in this movie, uh, as yet another leadership character who's got two secret reveals. Yeah, okay, so... Too much, man. <laughs> Taggart, uh, yeah. a.k.a. Paladin, is a character from the games. Sure. But in, in the games, you already know he's like a secret service guy right off the bat and he becomes Blair's kind of like comrade in arms and they go through the rest of the games well, together. The thing I love too mm -hmm. is the point when they, because they're in the middle of a space battle and he pulls rank and it's just like, actually, I'm a secret Commodore. And they're like, he is. Great. And then I thought, that really doesn't change anything about my feelings yeah, about this what, character. What are you doing about? Because he still, they still goes along with the plan. So it's not like he's no, I'm pulling rank. We're not doing this. Uh, they still go along with it. So it, it almost felt unnecessary. Yeah, uh, it was. Just, and then I just love they're like, wait, and they type a thing into the computer. Go, oh, he is a commodore. I just thought, <laughs> what did it matter? Yeah, why? Number one, why reveal he's a commodore? Or two, why hide that he was a commodore in the first place? Yeah, my whole thing was like, why hide it? Because yeah, him eventually pulling rank and taking over when uh, when Poirot dies. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just gonna keep calling him that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. it is. I immediately see that guy as Poirot due to you know 30 years of playing a character. I don't think I can be blamed for that. The guy chose I, to play a ca the same character for 30 years. You are that guy. I paused the screen when he was on and just held my finger up on his upper lip. Like, oh, that's what I'm going from. <laughs> he is amazing in that, though. Seriously, if you have not seen the Poro mysteries, they are wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but, but yeah, when he when Paladin eventually like pulls rank and takes control of the Tiger Claw, which love that for the name of a ship, by the way, the Tiger Claw. Oh, actually, I agree. That is a sweet name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, it, it, it makes it so it's like, okay, so this weird space freighter guy can be in control of the ship and we can feel okay about it. Yeah, but it's just like, they should have just made him a Commodore from the beginning. And then two, yeah. when he turns around later in the movie and goes, actually, I'm a pilgrim too. Which begs the what? question, like, why couldn't he do the space travel Yeah, stuff? Yeah, only then it's I thought only he was doing it to instruct 
Christopher Blair, right? He was he had sort of a mentor vibe to him. So he wanted Freddie Prince to do it sure. he needs to learn how to do it. I when mean, the survival me. of Earth depends on you getting <laughs> the information back to that Earth. Is, that is me putting on uh, a level, uh, a layer that the movie didn't even bother. <laughs> but to consider, but I like so. that in your layer, he's actually more uh, addict, like reckless by going like, "Yeah, we're like thirty hours from destruction of Earth, but let me really test this dude." Yeah, we. <laughs> The destruction of Earth is bad, but he, he needs to learn this for the fate of the galaxy, maybe. I don't know. But, I'm just... So, once again, there let's, could have been something let's dig into this Pilgrim backstory a little bit. So, Freddie Prinze Jr.'s character, his father was... And, boy, we could almost add this. We keep talking about making a new bingo card. Um, mm -hmm. Somebody's father being legendary should be mm. on there, because that is such a common thing for action heroes. Uh, the second yes. somebody is like, I served with your father. I'm like, oh, of course yeah. you did. Um, yeah. But he's uh, he fell in love with a pilgrim woman. So uh, Christopher Blair is kind of a Spock, half-breed alien. Yes. Boy, the tossing around of the term half-breed continually in this movie made me incredibly <laughs> uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, but that's the other thing. And also then... Because the pilgrims are so underdefined and so just alluded to in the past, every time Jurgen Prochnow is like, you pilgrim trash, I'm like, why Why do we not like them? What happened? What was the exact issue here? And that would be less egregious if we got a clear understanding of what the pilgrims yeah. were in the That's, end. Yeah. But what we get is the idea that their sense of superiority in space led them to abandon their humanity. What yeah. does that mean? But it caused yeah. a war. Well, that's man. The thing. Sounds like that would be a great film. I know it, it, it sort of seems like then then they need to be fighting the pilgrims, not the Kilrathi, right? Like it's sort of, right. it's this it's this third entity that's just kind of over here and ill defined that makes the movie mm -hmm. very frustrating. Where I go like, why uh, we need to stop the we have two, <laughs> we have two underdefined alien kind of races that are yeah, enemies but yeah. one is in the past and one is ill-defined in the present and it's like maybe mm -hmm. if you merge them together you can make one defined enemy race for the movie or make one more important to the to the story yeah or whatever. I, I don't know. it's it's so interesting or if you want to do the pilgrims thing maybe make it just like they're like mythic or something as opposed to like hated so it's more like, yeah. oh, wow. Like, more like, I mean, I'm just talking about, like, Star Wars, right? Make them more like the <laughs> Jedi, where it's like, man, I, I didn't think there were still pilgrims anymore. Instead of, like, you fucking pilgrim trash. Yeah. Right. Because the yeah. amount of times yeah. I well, just wrote, I just kept writing more racism <laughs> in my notes. It speaks to this kind of um, uh, victimization mm. of faith right yeah we've seen in other films as well and in especially in modern shitty right-wing action movies that like oh, God, oh yeah we don't say merry christmas anymore um <laughs> quoting y'all's uh oh, previous christmas yeah who could forget Kane. who could forget christmas <laughs> rush i thought we couldn't say that anymore thank god a movie finally uh, tackled that shit but this movie uses the cross iconography to represent the pilgrims. So there is this yes. victimization. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't love that in either. In this far-flung future, uh, the people of faith are belittled and disregarded. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which has never really been a thing in other space operas. Like, even in Star Trek, where you have kind of this, like, 
perfect ideal society in the yeah. future. There's never been like, and so we destroyed religion as a result. It's kind of in Star Trek. They just don't make it. They just don't say it. But that was always a Roddenberry yeah. thing. Was like, oh, we're past yeah. that shit. That's that sure. shit's dumb. These, people, but it, but it's so far past it that it's not even like discussed. It's not like, well, I still hold on to that. It's more just like, yeah, we all just know that was dumb, so we're gonna move on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, or even the way Jedi are talked about, or the Force is talked about in Star Wars, is mm-hmm. not over. I mean, it is religious, but it's more spiritual. It's more mythical. It's 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 not. This is so on the nose. I do like the Pilgrim crosses are more badass because blades pop out of them. And did anyone expect that to matter in some way? I expected sure him to stab somebody with that. Yeah. I, it, uh, mm. Come on, man. That's action. That's just screenwriting logic. But particularly or, action. And then say, to cross insert. your heart and hope to die. Or oh, something. yeah. By the way, complete lack of one-liners in this movie. That's true. Yeah. Total lack I of one-liners. I expected him to uh, insert it into his spaceship at the end, and that uh, lets him execute the, the death blossom maneuver. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Anything. I mean, anything. Do anything with it. Yeah. Why establish that? Why make a point what? of showing that the blade pops out? What was the big thing they did in Last Starfighter where the ship like shoots everybody? What was that maneuver called? Yeah, it was no. some uh, Death Bloom or something. It was something like Death Bloom or Death Blossom. I'm trying to remember, but um, by the way, another that's a better space dogfight oh yeah i mean this movie so desperately wants to be last starfighter which came out 10 years before last starfighter rules man uh listen have you seen last starfighter i have not oh dude you would love last starfighter uh the idea that there's a we'll we'll see if it's better than this i mean it's gonna i mean it's 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 such a nerd fantasy film right the idea that there's a video game that's secretly a training program for a space flight academy and the guy who's the best of the game gets recruited to save an alien race. It is so yeah. pure 80s nerd fantasy, but goddamn, what a great movie. Um, oh, yeah. The the spaceships are called Gunstars, and it is the Death Blossom maneuver. It yeah. is the Death Blossom. Yes. That did sound right to me, yeah. Oh, God, I love that movie. Uh, I would rather watch that. Um, but uh, And that's the thing about this movie. Like I said, I think some of it is I just also was like, oh, there's the Star Wars thing. There's the... Battlestar thing there's the because even though I mean of course Battlestar comes after this but there's still elements of the original Battlestar Galactica in here Mm -hmm. because we're not going through this movie plot point by plot point because it kind of isn't I mean the plot is very I mean the plot is just stop the Kilrathi from getting to yeah it's it's can we become good enough pilots to stop this thing Mm -hmm. yeah Um, and the answer is yes and actually, yes. I, well, yes, the answer is yes. That's another thing, though, I thought where it doesn't even fully commit to being Top Gun, though. It, I, I would get more on board with the plot of if, if it was more about training at the Academy and then they have to go in the third act mm-hmm. do something. I mean, I, I'm actually asking this movie to rip off Top Gun more. Just because I think I think it but would have more momentum and drive as a story if it did. If it really was more about, of a story structure built into that content. Yeah, if it was yeah, more about the sure. tension among these pilots. Because, like... That's there. I love the scene where there's almost tension, and then Matthew Lillard busts out a bottle of booze, and everybody just parties. And you're like, "Oh, so we're we're not gonna fight?" Okay, great. Yeah, great, great scene. Well, and there is the continued tension between uh, what's his name, Hunter, uh, and like this kind of anti-pilgrim xenophobia that runs through the crew, and this whole idea of anyone who's ever died in this crew, we have to force those emotions away so we say that they don't exist anymore. 
Like, right. which is that, crazy. There, that there's is just enough there that, like, okay, this is really interesting, but we're just not going to focus on it at all? All right. No. Yeah, and that could no. have been the... I mean, you could make... The, once again, the and, and, the, and the more training movie where if the whole... Mo- the sort of the problem with setting up the ticking clock actually right at the start is mm-hmm. it kind of makes it seem like you guys can't we talk about this later? Well, mm-hmm. if it this was movie more wants to be Top Gun, but it also wants to be DOS boot, right? Because uh, you mentioned that film, and well, because they brought they the brought in the, from the time they, yeah. they literally brought the guy from DOS boot into it. <laughs> Or Hunt for the Red October, yeah. or one of those games, or Running Silent, or whatever. Run Silent, Run um, Deep, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and and I, I mean, that's another thing where I'm talking about everything in this movie, I'm going, this is so my jam, because I love submarine movies. And Star Trek is basically, can be, at its best sometimes, submarine combat sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and the tension of, movie... are they going to find us... But this movie doesn't commit either way, because it has moments about, that's where Paro dies, right? Is in that moment where it's they're bombing the crater, and if we get a direct hit, we're all going to die. Yeah. Uh, but we have to remain absolutely still and quiet, or else they'll find that's us. That's one of those scenes that's cool in concept, but kind of is like, eh. I love that idea, though, where they're hiding on the asteroid or whatever. Like, that mm-hmm. was that's a cool idea. And uh, it was done better than in Star Wars, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, because there was a giant asteroid worm in that one, and that's fun. Yeah. It's hard to beat that, yeah. But it's just kind of like, also, if I felt more invested in it's the thing where I'm talking about, there's too many characters, especially for like a hundred minute movie where I'm going, I'm looking at the entire admiralty on this bridge and I'm going, I don't really know any of these guys beyond... <laughs> I don't care about... Yeah. Beyond Perot and Das Boot, who I like from those things, you know? Mm-hmm. You, don't, you don't care yes. about uh, Hugh Quarshie's Lieutenant uh, Obutu... <laughs> who I do remember that name because they say it so much. Obutu, you know. Obutu, yeah. Which, uh, Hugh Corshi actually had a great year in 1999 because you know what else he was in this year? What's that? Star Wars Episode One. The Phantom I had a Menace feeling that was Captain oh, Panaka. Panaka. Oh, is yeah. he Panaka? Oh, Panaka's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. I mean, Panaka it doesn't really do anything. No, but, but I had conceptually a... <laughs> very cool. Once again, I had an action figure, right? And so it was well, of sort course. of a thing. And I think I might have had his blaster. I think I might have had a toy of his blaster too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, that guy's a good. I mean, once again, everybody in this, except maybe Freddie Prince Jr., although as we've talked about, good voice actor. But pretty much everybody in this is is a, is a good actor. So it almost seems like mm-hmm. it's like. We're all here to do something. They're like, yeah, we don't really have anything for you to do, though. Right, yeah. Well, and I think this comes to something that I'd be very curious about where this movie is concerned. Because you've got the guy who made the games leading the charge on this film. Yes. How much of the studio trying to make this into a sellable product resulted in the movie that we see before us. Obviously the casting of Freddie Prince Jr. and Matthew Lillard as yeah. our two leads yeah. is mm-hmm. like, we were never gonna get uh, Mark Hamill and uh, who played Maniac in the games. It was Tom Wilson. Tom what Wilson. If, what if this movie starred Mark Hamill and Tom Wilson? I, I, I think it would be it would be better, but it probably, yeah, the, it, the studio would have been like, they're old and don't appeal to people. But we, <laughs> we probably would have gone to see it. You know, I would have gone to the theater mm-hmm. if it was Mark Hamill. Um. Yeah. Yes. That that is uh uh that is very much the case. There is sort of this thing about like uh, well, it's often the case with these things, right? Where it's like uh, oh, this is a nerd thing. How do we kind of 
like make this more palatable even though mm-hmm. as we know now of course nerd things are huge but this was a time mm-hmm. when it was like let's kind of like back away we live in such a different time now in pop culture where it's like faithfulness to source material is something studios try to do um yeah but back then it was like how do we make this a hollywood picture not this stupid computer game the line that will always typify that for me and it is spoken the next year oh i know where this is going yep and that is when cyclops says what were you expecting yellow spandex when they make Mm. the costumes for all the x-men just the black leather yeah because mm-hmm. it was like could you imagine could you imagine a movie doing that and we still haven't gotten to yellow spandex x-men admittedly the x-men have been on a rocky road like I mean, we've gotten close years. first class gets close yeah uh, that's true yeah we haven't gotten wolverine in yellow span we've never gotten the wolverine costume we have gotten close to like x-men costumes but yes not the mm-hmm. individual we've never we still the- have never seen wolverine in a mask the closest we've gotten is the end of Apocalypse, honestly, when oh, we get everybody it. in the danger Dude, room. Dude, that's still, that might be the best moment <laughs> of any of them, is when they're in, when, oh my god, I was like, Dude, they're finally the X-Men. Like, nine movies later, I'm looking at the X-Men of the comics. Um, and then they kind of, like, reel all that back in Dark Phoenix. And well, the then in Dark Phoenix, Dark Phoenix, the better. Oh, I'm a defender of Dark Phoenix. We don't need to have that argument really? again. Oh okay. yeah, we had we already yeah, like, know, had a whole thing about that on on another podcast. But uh, well, they no, have let's the, get into it. They have the let Frank me, quietly. Let's stir, let's stir the pot a little bit. <laughs> they have the Frank quietly. John, why, new- why is that movie the worst movie ever? <laughs> Go ahead. I haven't seen it. Explain uh, to me. No, why no, it's no. I, uh, no, I'm I, I'm the one who likes that movie. Um, no, no, you should explain. Why is it the worst movie? Ed, yeah, like Devil's Ed, yeah, dude, yeah. your side of it. I like the, they got the Frank Quietly new X-Men costumes in that movie, though, which I do like. But, mm. oh, I, anyway, mm. yes. <laughs> Let's just not talk about Wing Commander. <laughs> this is about X-Men Dark Phoenix now. Um, mm. Mm. <laughs> I guess I'll go. I haven't seen that movie, so I'll just, I'll just <laughs> No, no, out. listen, I want your honest opinion on a movie you've never seen. Okay. Yeah, based on Great. what little yeah. you know about this movie, uh, what do you think is mm-hmm. the problem here? Uh, it reminds me a lot of uh, Kurosawa's Rashomon. Uh, that's the impression I got watching it. Um, Everybody's just kind of the... got... I love the idea of a superhero movie having a Rashomon storytelling. <laughs> that would be pretty wild. People talk about superhero movies being the same. That would be something new. Uh, That'd be something, yeah. Uh, Wasn't that the TV show Legion? Yeah, well, yeah. Legion, Legion's pretty wild. They get. I mean, they do a lot of weird narrative stuff on there. If I was going to mm. say, what's the superhero Rashomon, I would... I think Legion is the... Legion. Legion. Yeah, because it's, it's not so much different perspectives as much as you're watching the show and going, I don't know if any of this is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, the perspectives are all David Haller, but yes. each is a different perspective within the personalities yeah. of David Haller. If Holler. there's one thing to take away from this mm. is you should watch Legion, because seriously, it is an amazing TV show. Um, mm-hmm. I loved Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a gr- it's one of the best X-Men things. Uh... Let's see here. I'm just trying to. I'm just going through. I wrote down probably the fewest amount of notes on any of these movies simply because of what we're talking about. Like the plot is so simple, uh, and mm-hmm. it is just, uh, yeah. And also, I mean, you talk about the world building of it, Tugergun, and so like, and I think once again, a lot of it has to do with the budget, but it is like you don't get a lot of what I kind of want out of these things, which Star Wars does or Star Trek does. You don't get a lot of, like, the tech of the ships. You don't really get a lot of good looks at the ships. You don't really get a lot, mm-hmm. uh, like, they, they kind of have to fudge, like, how the thing lands, because you have basically, like, the space 
craft carrier, but we kind of have mm-hmm. to show it in chunks and sections. And so you're going yes. like, I want to see how they come in on the runway. I want, I, I, I do want Top Gun in space. I want that opening sequence of Top Gun where they're launching the ships and stuff. You know, you don't really mm-hmm. get. I'm not getting because uh, I'm 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 a nut for spaceship design and stuff like that. And this movie, because everything's so dark and like forced to close in and it can't show wide scope, then it's not mm-hmm. delivering on that. Like, oh man, look at those cool ships. You know what this movie makes me want? I, mm. It makes me want an animated Star Fox series. That's, well, that's what this movie. Listen, you. Want. I mean, I believe I you and I have right. talked about an animated Star Fox movie forever, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who I think has it the works license. Even for... better as a series, but sure. yeah, I think uh, yeah. Uh, but I don't know who you has know, the license for that. Old school pulp. What was sorry? What, what I was, was going to say, I don't know who has the license for that, but call us. We're we have Nintendo. Ideas. Yeah. No, and Nintendo has. Yeah. I don't know who. I don't know who has the. I should say the right. Nintendo. No, somebody's got to have the screen rights. No, Nintendo. Okay, fine. They jealously guard the screen rights to their properties. Yeah, nobody, nobody has that at this point. Well, Illumination's got Mario now. Sure, and that is a wild divergence from everything else that's happened up to this point. All right, well then, Nintendo, call us. We want to make a Star Fox show. Miyamoto, (laughs) we love you. We'll do you proud. Uh, but I think there is sort of that kind of aspect to it. And I am hoping that the Rogue Squadron movie that they're making has this right. vibe to it. Yes. Yes. Very much. Though the talk of that movie has been, like, shaky the last couple of years. Like, it, it, it Patty Jenkins, I don't think, has, like, said anything about it. Well, now um, she's back I mean, on it because she's, she's not doing... Rogue One was the same. Because she's not doing... the same way, and that turned out pretty well. So. She just confirmed yeah. she's back working on it because she's not doing Wonder Woman now, so... Oh, yeah. right. I guess yeah. I didn't even think about that. Wonder Woman 3 is just not happening now. Wonder Woman 3 is not happening now. So she said her comment out of that is now what was what was delaying that was Wonder Woman 3. So now that that's not, that will be her next movie is Rogue Squadron. So, All right. All cool. right. Cool. Yeah, so she's back on it. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if there has been really a movie that has nailed Top Gun in space, really. Mm-hmm. Moments in Star Wars, right? Like here and there, sure. but but they 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 never yes. th- th- because those are that's why I like a Rogue Squadron would be cool because that would be specifically focused on that. It's always pieces of Star Wars stories, yeah. but yeah, well, no, I, yeah. I, and, I, I mean, Last Starfighter honestly actually maybe is the closest. I was going to say Last Starfighter is probably the closest, but most of the time, whenever you get a movie that does focus on space dogfights, you get a. They, there's the tendency to be bogged down in the world building that gets us to that point, right? Right. Mm. Where it is, and ca- this movie is guilty of that as well. It okay. is. There is something about the simplicity, and it's so interesting because we we were just recording an episode of our Star Wars podcast, which go listen to that. It's called "May the Panel Be With You." It's really good. Uh, it's really good show. That's what I hear about it. Um, Find it on YouTube. Yeah, but or no. But street, we were talking yeah. about there is something that's great about. This, there is a lot of world building to be had in Star Wars, but the central conflict is so simple. The rebellion versus the intergalactic empire. And so mm-hmm. the stakes of the battles are always clear. Even if the intricacies you can dive into world building, it is ultimately a battle against imperialism, right? And that's yeah. something this movie kind of falls short on because it introduces this strange pilgrim subplot in the games like it is just terran confederacy versus the 
uh, Kilrathi Empire yeah. or uh, mm. Terran Confederation. They're not the Confederacy. Right. Um, yeah. That's a StarCraft thing. Um, uh, but so, like, you could have very easily made it a very black and white conflict of Kilrathi are called the Kilrathi. That's a bad guy name. That makes them the bad guys. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, yeah. all, all I need is one scene where they're slaughtering people on a planet or something. You know what I mean? Like, or some sort of implication yeah. of what is at... Because it's sort of like if the Kilrathi get to Earth, they'll destroy it. I'm like, but I haven't seen them destroy anything. So maybe the first part of the movie should have been them attacking, like... Like a ship or something boarding they a ship. Ki they kind or maybe of, like they kind of do, but it's it's still vague and it's still just yeah. Immediately, we're talking if they get their hands on that comm system, which is also sort of a thing that's. I understand they want to sort of make that a MacGuffin, but it kind of feels silly that that this like a computer box. Mm hmm. Oh my god. It's it's something the Halo series does in the novels. As well in that like okay if this alien species ever figures out how to get to earth we're fucked yeah so we must mm -hmm. have protocols in place that stop them from ever doing that and the fact that every single one of those protocols in quick succession fails in the first five minutes of this movie is actually made me laugh out loud well because like okay the one thing that they can never capture everything has gone wrong to let them capture well because the one thing they can never capture isn't just coordinates it's that box and i do <laughs> That's I where do the love coordinates are, John. They keep them in the box. I that's, what I that's what makes it so silly. It's like, uh, but I love the guy trying to shoot. He's shooting at the glass, and it's this made me laugh. He's shooting at this glass, and it doesn't break. It's bulletproof. So he goes, all right, and he tries to bash it with the gun. I'm going, if the fucking bullets didn't do it, man, <laughs> maybe my, my man <clears throat> strength is greater <clears throat> than any bullet. <clears throat> I won't go. <clears throat> they can't get that box. I just uh, there's something that's just so like no not the box, uh mm. yeah I no I mean and once again Halo does it better as you're talking about like there's just so many examples and it sounds like even the games are better and the and video games do have they can be simpler because it is about the gameplay particularly in the era we're talking about right mm. although it sounds like Wing Commander actually did do a pretty good job of having more story than a lot of stuff. But you can be a little bit more like those are the bad guys got it because I want to get in the ship and fight. Them. Right. But a I also movie feel like that's this movie's a lot. missing. This movie's missing a Darth Vader type antagonist. There is like a no singular person villain, who yeah. like perfectly represents the the. Uh, the Kilrathi don't have a leader. That, that there's, right, exactly. there's no there's no Star Trek scene where somebody's on a screen going, "If you don't turn over those plans, you know." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are um, you talking about something like a, a crown prince of the Kilrathi well, royal family? That would have been cool. When you said that, that cool. when you said that, I'm going, where's that guy? That guy makes that, that sounds like a bad guy. And that also well, gives he was his there, John. conniving minister played by Tim Curry, who eventually assumes control when the crown prince is defeated. Come on. You're telling John, me he was there. <laughs> he was the one with the goatee in the front. <laughs> Don't you, no, not that guy. The one next to him to the left. That's yeah. that guy. That's yeah. the villain. That's but, the guy. And well, then the one in the back was Tim Curry's character, I think. I feel like you, I feel um, like you have two options to go. Either you go uh, what you're talking about, Lissman, which is get a Darth Vader type, and it sounds like that's there. Or, once again, you go, you lower the stakes, and you go mm -hmm. at the Top Gun thing. Because Top Gun doesn't have a villain, but it is about overcoming the odds in the training 
and then going out mm-hmm. and fighting. Because you could do that and just make the Kilrathi conflict an ongoing thing that's in the background, and that's just what we're training to go do. Because the other movie I thought yes. about that's way better is uh, Starship Troopers, which is, that's yeah. a nameless, faceless horde, but it's not really about mm-hmm. fighting them as villains, per se, as much as it is about being in the conflict itself. Like, it's about that's being... That's also it's... a commentary on propaganda well. As it, well. Uh, yes, that, I mean, that is... The, I, I don't expect it to have that tone, I, I, you know, but, but just the, in general... The gen- Verhoeven... Uh, but that's an example on. of how you make a thing where it's just like, how that conflict started, where that is, that's, it's yeah. just ongoing, and we're just training to get there. That's the other option yeah. to go with. And then you can make nameless faceless bad guys of the Kilrathi but this movie kind of wants to have it both ways and by that it's sort of like well you're really not working on either front Mm -hmm. well and that's why like I said in the third act when we jump into the Kilrathi cockpit and suddenly get a look at their decision making process I was taken aback because if you'd excise those portions of the film from the third act it would literally change nothing because we see the trajectory (laughs) of the spaceships and where they're going Right. we don't need to hear them like saying, follow that ship in their Kilrathi language. <laughs> well, the other thing is, or do have them steal the box and have that mission on the ship be, let's steal the box back. Mm-hmm. So it's like a heist film, but well, then space. that's then that's something, then you make it a MacGuffin hunt, and that's clear. It's just like, the movie just needed to like pick a lane and just be clearer about stuff. Instead, it's sort of just a bunch of scenes put together with this convoluted plot. Yeah. But here's the thing, John. I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> That's the weird part. Is I like, wouldn't say I was, enjoyed every moment of it, but, but, but 75% but I, was like, I liked. I, I, I was basting in this milieu of nonsense mm. and being like, for the, and also knowing it was only an hour and a half really, uh, mm. really, really mm. helped. <laughs> knowing that I wasn't going to have to sit here for three hours. I think a quick Just in and out yes. of this nonsense was what I wanted, and that's what I mm-hmm. got. And like, listen, yeah. I want to circle back around if you've had time to think about like what what was it about this movie that like sits well with you? I was just it was it 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 did a good job sort of translating the like pulpy space adventure serialized storytelling that Star Wars was based on, and like all of these things are kind of based on. Like you don't always give a shit about the overarching it this movie felt like there was a lot of story before the plot is happening and certainly a lot of stuff that happens after this movie is over and it's somewhere in the middle and and you guys talking about it being a tv show makes a lot of sense well i think this would have been way uh, better this, as a tv show this would have been a great tv show but it, it it captured that sort of energy and i like that the movie we've sort of already talked about this but the movie gives time for character moments. It, it even if they don't always work because some of the performances aren't, you know, up to snuff. I I just like that they 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 understand the re- what isn't what matters here is the character relationships. And even if they fall short of accomplishing that, I I like that that's what the focus was on. Uh, at least a, a large percentage of the movie. Um, so yeah, I don't know. The overall plot made no sense. I was constantly asking Maggie, okay, so wait, what's happening now? Uh, cause I got very easily confused. Uh, and, and we, we have often but, talked about she's better at deciphering these terrible movies. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Which is weird. Cause mo- most of the time she's on her phone, not paying attention <laughs> to these movies, but we were both kind of glued to the, to the screen here. I don't, I, it's, <laughs> 
it was it was fun. It was just a fun sort of like I, I wouldn't say it, it blew me away. There's certainly better examples of this type of film, but it, it the movie was fun. I did have fun watching it. Um, and, and I stand and, by. Uh, I can't believe what I'm hearing. I hated <laughs> this movie. And when you're talking about like I, I I'm into what you're talking about, Lisman. But I like if I'm going to put on Flash Gordon or something like that. That, was, yes. that that really yeah. goes at the pulpiness. I feel like once again, I, I would have been more into the movie if it had gone pulpier, like more fun, yes. less I mean, yeah, definitely gritty, and it's sort of like yeah. militaristic sort of stuff. I don't know. Like it's that's the thing to me is like it's kind of all over the place, and I was waiting for it to like find a tone to to yeah. work. And I don't feel like any of the character scenes work. I I, I mean I, I I guess I would agree in theory of applauding them for trying to have characters. But I did not like any of the characters, so. Yeah, I guess I, I liked. Oh, go ahead, Mike. John, a lot of the times, an action shelf movie uh, feels like an obligation that sure. must be endured. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't going into this movie, I thought it was going to be one of those. And when I came yes. away with something a little bit lighter in tone, something that I could appreciate for all the tropes that it was blending and the mm-hmm. the piece of the the larger. Uh, genre of like space opera I came away going like oh that was all I had to sit through awesome great <laughs> maybe that's what it was maybe it was expectation because I I, I I have the ongoing bit that there's no bad video game movie but in, in, in truth it's it's I was expecting literally the I mean we just watched Far Cry I mean, this is a lot better than Far truly, Cry truly I, I, I truly abysmal I agree with this uh, is a lot better than Far Cry however yeah, I watched have... an Uwe Boll movie. No, yeah. it's it's a lot better right. than that. But I will say, I had more fun watching Double Dragon. That's which is, fair. Which, which is That's probably fair. a worse movie, but at least it's more like insane. It is, and I will say, as far as video game adaptations go, I'd say this one is like squarely like bottom middle of the pack. Oh, I think so. I've seen. I think that's way actually. worse. Oh yeah, and yeah I've yeah. seen way oh, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes, absolutely. No, I, I mean. <laughs> grading on the curve of how bad it could be it's not that yeah. bad i do like there's a quote from freddie prince jr that says i can't watch a single fucking frame of that movie because <laughs> i can't because oh, poor guy he goes he goes well i mean well, he did I only say, feel so bad for him he's married to sarah michelle geller so like, you know yeah. i mean it's sort of like Things yeah that out. is that is kind of like uh dude if you're just sarah michelle geller's husband that's not bad um <laughs> no. you're, you're doing just you fine sir right. Uh, but like, I, I would put this squarely in the same rankings as like the World of Warcraft movie or Prince of Persia in terms. Oh man, of I yes, I think Prince of Persia is right. I, I, I would, I would much rather watch this than the Warcraft movie, which I found intolerable. Um, mm. Because that that but has similar issues to it, where it kept throwing things at me, and I went, "Give me some grounding, man." I was I was game to get into the Warcraft movie. I didn't go in arms folded, but it just was yeah. like, do you think I know what any of this is? Yeah. And the <laughs> answer is yes, John, because uh, 7 million people were playing the video game at the time. Yeah, but so you yes, can't, expect you to know you what it was. can't have that attitude in a film. You just They can't. did, and it made money. So In don't China, it made money. It was, a, it was one of the biggest that, bombs in U.S. box office history. Doesn't matter. Made money internationally. <laughs> And there, somewhere a check and it cleared, and that's why we've seen mm-hmm. five more of them. Oh no, wait! They realized it was an embarrassment. Um, 
I'm not saying. I'm saying what if they made uh, a whole bunch in China. What if that's? What I'm actually surprised they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't make like international only, or or even yeah. the Pacific Rim thing, a movie that made money overseas, so they made a sequel, so that it would make mm. more money overseas. I mean, it's it, it's weird. Um, Warcraft actually yeah. seems like how is that not a show, especially in today's world of um, fantasy television? Well. Well, now I don't think anybody wants to watch it because Blizzard is in a... Uh, well, I mean, that's not... Not favorably looked upon, but uh, yeah, it I, is shocking. I would be surprised if something wasn't in development. I'm sure somebody's right. talking to somebody. Right. I mean, because it just seems like both video game adaptations and big sweeping fantasy things are big on television mm-hmm. right now. So uh, would, I, okay. would I love but, to but see to, a to... hard-boiled like StarCraft TV show, 100%. Oh, that I would much yes. rather be into as well. I mean, it's just aesthetics. Yes. That would be more my vibe anyway. But yes, all right, listen. But to, to, to tie up yeah. this, to this put a bow on uh, this. in a bow of yeah. why I like this movie, I think it was ultimately just expectation. My expectation mm. was so low that it it seemed fun by comparison to what I was I think I so, think I, I guess I would say this met my expectation, which is okay. It, it's not. It, it it just it's just not. It's just a bad version of a thing I like. Like it's kind of my my yes. whole thing is I guess yeah. that's why I just kept. I kept. I couldn't separate it from. There are fifty better. It's a little bit like when we talked about twelve rounds, right? Where we were going like. <laughs> The, just watch yeah. Die Hard or that's Speed. That's such a worse or... film, though. That is a, a significantly worse film. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah, it probably is. Uh, it's longer too. I feel like the, maybe, or is it? I don't know. It felt long. Um, no, the, yeah, because that one actually no. The I might condem- be The of... Condemned was long. Condemned was. Oh, that's God, like the longest oh, movie we've ever yeesh. done. But uh, but yeah. just in general, it's like man, I just see all the pieces of other better movies. And it bums me out that yeah. I'm watching this version instead of a good movie. I guess this is yeah. ten minutes longer than Wing Commander. Oh fuck! Okay, yeah, then that movie can go right to hell. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that's it spe- well, yeah. I don't know. It speaks. It's to a, the but end. it's it's also because like whenever like you wouldn't watch this movie if we weren't doing it for a podcast, right? Yeah, so absolutely. like, so, so like, and neither neither would I honestly. Yeah, but like. The fact that I did watch it for this podcast, and it was better than so much of the other shit we've seen, it's just like, well, at least it, it, at least it was, I had some enjoyment out of it, you know, for something I had to watch for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah. like I said, it, I don't, it didn't, it didn't upset me as much as some, but I, I still think sure. it's pretty bad, is where well, I come down. It, it it got me to not have it be a second screen experience. I'll give it that. <laughs> yeah. Like, because like yes. I've watched films for the action shelf where mm-hmm. I can very safely watch it on my second monitor at my computer mm-hmm. while I'm doing yep. something else in the first, whether that be yeah. playing a video game or yeah. just clicking around. Yeah, and there's no fault there for you because the movie is not doing what it needs to to catch your attention, and that mm-hmm. is on the movie for 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 that. You know. Sure. Um, like it, some movies aggressively don't want you to watch them because they're so boring. Uh, that, but that's kind of how I felt so about this movie. Not not that it was boring, but that it 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 was so there was just so much not happening that I could look away yes. for a bit and go, oh, we're still at the same place in the plot. That was how I felt about this. Not once again, I don't think this is a slog, but it is just like, oh, it's just so slight that yeah. I was just like, oh, I've well, missed yeah. nothing. I could leave the room. I think I might have done that even at one point. Left it playing and just like went into the kitchen and got a beverage and came back and went, I've missed nothing. 
They're still mm. they're <laughs> still just talking about this. Well, same yeah, because the plot the plot is weak. Uh, the plot is very mm-hmm. weak. Yeah. and hard yeah. to follow. Yeah, yeah, not denying that. Um, yeah. All right. Well, of course that's uh, that's the Wing Commander from 1999. Now, uh, maybe the you guys most successful sci-fi film of 1999, unquestionably. <laughs> yeah, uh, and of course spawned that massive, massive uh, franchise that this uh, really. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's been so many films. I think you, Disney just bought the rights. Yeah, uh, we, we mentioned it earlier, but can you believe that Starship Troopers came out three years before this movie? Well, that's another thing. I mean, just technologically too, the effects in that are way better, and the it just feels yeah. like a bigger, more epic uh, movie. I do love Starship Troopers. Yeah. Um, we should do the sequels. On, we have talked about doing the the, the Starship Troopers straight yeah. to video sequels. Um, Starship yeah. Troopers three those... colon we've completely missed the point. Well. <laughs> Wasn't Starship Troopers two wiped from continuity? I think. I think so. I think Starship yeah. Troopers. What? I believe Starship Troopers three, because that's the one where they bring Casper Van Dien back, is meant to be the mm-hmm. actual sequel. Because it's like, oops, mm. forget Starship Troopers so two. Second... <laughs> I think mm. that was the it's case. Like the t- Starship Troopers two is like the Too Fast, Too Furious of the, uh, <laughs> or maybe the Tokyo Drift of. Uh, yes. Of the franchise. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, Although they did eventually make it. Well, yeah. Yeah, not a good comparison. No, no, no. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, So, uh, well, as you know, maybe you guys won't find this as misguided as I do. Uh, (laughs) It is my... Uh, it is my... uh, Did you find my review, John? I think... Did you uh, find my review? I think I... uh, Oh, nice. (laughs) uh, I think I did because uh, this comes from IMDb user TinManted. And uh, the, the review is titled... Matthew Lillard is a national treasure. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree. Matthew that's, Lillard, yeah, in my correct. opinion, has always been seen as a B-list actor. However, he has brought more heart and soul to any movie he's been in than most more well-known actors. He was the reason I found out there was a Wing Commander game. My daughter adored him in the Scooby-Doo movies as well as in the other roles he's been in. Those two set him apart as an icon in our family. I will always watch a movie with him in it. Even if it's not a genre or title I would be inclined towards, he is never involved in politics or, to the best of my knowledge, any police activity. If you've never heard of the Wing Commander franchise, please take this movie as an indicator of how much heart a person can bring to a role. Normally I say that actors are here for our amusement, just glorified and well-paid clowns dancing for our spare change. This movie, and Mr. Lillard in particular, will engage you and make you believe... In the magic of movies again. 10 out of 10 stars. That's a wild fucking review. Man, that goes all over the place. What, what's the thing about the police? Oh, I think I that? think this is a Hollywood actors should shut up and stop telling cops how to do their jobs. Uh, That's okay. what I took that I, as. I, I'm terrified to find the altar to Matthew Lillard in this person's... <laughs> Uh, basement with all the eyes cut out. Yeah, this, this is one of those where Matthew Lillard reads this and go, "Hey, thanks, buddy, but uh, you know, let's let's." I mean, because like we said, we all like Matthew Lillard, but I'm going like, um, yes. I, I I don't know about any of this, man. He's an icon who does better work than any other actor who's ever done work. We we haven't talked about him much because like he he plays like so very much the Matthew Lillard role in this movie of crazy yes. best friend. Yeah. Um, yes. I mean, so much but, so that when he get when they're like, we might as well call you maniac. 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, okay. I really like the scene where he eats a whole sandwich in one bite. <laughs> I think that's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah, but it, I just the idea of fixating on that specifically, and then just going like he doesn't speak to the. I, I will make you believe in the magic of movies again, too. Come on. <laughs> uh so uh all right uh well unfortunately uh our pal bruce didn't see this movie um but but as we talked about he's not really a sci-fi he's not a sci-fi guy he said this uh many a time he's let us know uh he does not like the sci-fi uh but he is he did take in a t a little tv show uh starring uh one steven seagal this is his oh, review of the television no, series no. True Justice. Oh, God. No. Do you know True Bruce. Justice? Bruce. Bruce is yes. watching True Justice. And, uh, is this, the one where he, this is the one where Seagal killed the dog, right? No, no. That was Steven Seagal Lawman. That was his reality oh. show. This is a show show. Uh, it's a uh, narrative when, when show. When did the show come out? Uh, when did this come out? True Justice. Because I also thought this was Steven Seagal Lawman. 2012. But... 2012. They made okay, two seasons. Okay, so he seasons. was firmly in Putin's pocket at this point. Two seasons, and um, listen, I got, I, I got to say, you're going to be disappointed in Bruce with just the title of this. Oh no, Steven Seagal is my favorite action actor. It's the title <laughs> of the review. Now, this is a short but sweet and classic Bruce review. They always are, yeah. yeah. I like sixteen nine. I like five point one. I like the action violence. I like you don't say the shooting and booting. Five out of five stars. Shooting and booting. Now he's getting into rhyming. I like the shooting and booting. We know that Bruce Winning is a fickle reviewer whose opinions can evolve over time. Mm -hmm. So, and uh, when did this review get written, John? This is very important. Oh, just the other day. We need need to. This is when. This is just the other. He just watched the show. This is a brand. Oh, no. This is a brand new no. winning review. Oh no! This is this He's is gone okay. down the rabbit hole. That was his most recent. Yeah, I, that was his most. Am recent. I going to have to construct the timeline of Bruce winning, or or maybe I should get a, another? Because sometimes I pull from all over yeah. the place. But yeah, that was his most recent review, right at the top. That was Yeesh. his. That was his thirteen hundredth and ninety seventh review. That was his twenty twenty three review of Steven Seagal. Yeah, of a Steven Seagal property. It's his. Uh, he's, he's his like, favorite action. In twenty twenty three, he said Steven Seagal is his favorite action star. Yeah, that's crazy. That is a crazy <laughs> thing to say. I am. I, I, I'm going to go ahead and guess. Bruce does not keep up with the news. Uh, this is my theory. <laughs> I, I'm not sure. Bruce yeah. does not strike me as a guy who's. Uh, looking up a lot of what these actors are saying. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think Bruce sure. is a very political okay. guy. Now, I don't know. I don't. We don't know him, but that's just my speculation. Uh, he hasn't mentioned politics. That, that no, he. Well, I mean, this is a guy who wrote glowing reviews of The Wire, talking about the shooting and chasing scenes. He, he's yes. also far more concerned about the the technical aspects <laughs> of the shooting <laughs> and the punching and the driving. <laughs> And not yes. necessarily as, the world beyond that. As long as the shooting and booting is in sixteen nine and five point one, mm-hmm. he's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. In fact, he, yeah. the the most negative reviews he's given are not enough shooting. <laughs> so, if anything, can't we look at Bruce winning in a wistful fashion of what would it be like to live in a world in which we didn't know about Steven Seagal as a person? And you would it just be a better were world? focused. Uh, 
I, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, this show would be a lot easier to do. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> if I had one wish that could be granted, I would wish Steven Seagal out of existence. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So Wing Commander, right? Uh, they never got a sequel. But let's imagine a world where they did get a sequel. So we're going to come yes. up with the plot of what the continuation, not of the games, but of this movie's specific continuity is. Uh, okay. And uh, and the movie will Great. be called and I'm I'm setting our handy dandy action movie title generator to sci-fi mode. This is we and just to be clear, yeah. Wing Commander Two: The Game was colon Vengeance of the Killerathi. Oh, that's pretty good. Mm. But how about yeah. I'm going to hit generate on my sci-fi title here? <laughs> okay, uh, here it's coming. Uh, ooh, 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 tell me what Wing Commander colon longing for the moon is. Ooh. <laughs> Longing for the moon. Fly me to the okay. moon. <laughs> All right. Gurgani's got something. Yeah. Okay. A la Moonfall. Yeah. Okay. The moon, oh, it oh, turns yes. out, yes. is an mm. artificial construction Love it. around the Earth. Love it. We start in on some ancient alien bullshit, realizing that Earth has access to amazing super technology from a long extinct alien species yes great mm. great mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and <gasps> the only person who can access it is someone with pilgrim dna mm. because because the pilgrims discovered this technology and it's what allowed them to become these like mm -hmm. deific beings in mm -hmm. the galaxy mm -hmm. is this fusion with this technology Ooh, yes and so ooh. yes we need an evil pilgrim now working with the Kilrathi, as was suggested 100%. here. One hundred percent. And that, and that, of course, as as the new rules this season are, is played by one Eric Roberts. It has to be. Eric Roberts <laughs> not only plays an evil pilgrim, he plays the first pilgrim who corrupted their whole yes. society. Ooh, yes, he's responsible for the in the moon this whole time. And in a yeah. Darth Vader s twist, it's me. Your grandfather, Chris. Ah, right? He's yeah, the, yep, he's yep, the yep. father of his pilgrim mother. Mother, they yes. They daughter, so they must be destroyed. Mm -hmm. His daughter, yes. who is Blair's Ooh, mother. we kind of do the, like, yes. um, uh, Guardians Volume 2 thing where he's like, we're the same, you and I. We can rule the gal. I mean, it's a Vader, too, right? But it's sort of that thing where it's like, yeah. you need to embrace your pilgrim side and help me destroy yeah. these people. But they're my friends. Yeah. This actually doesn't so, sound that bad. <laughs> also, the like war with the Kilrathi is still yeah, going on. Yes. So a lot of the Admiralty is like, oh, there's no such thing as pilgrims anymore. They're all dead. This can't be real. Mm -hmm. We have to deal with the Kilrathi. Right. right. Yeah. What's well, Maniac up to in this movie? <laughs> That's my question. Maniac is befriending a Kilrathi turncoat, who oh. now we have a Kilrathi character and Maniac as the duo comedy pair in this yes. film. Yes. And the Kilrathi sounds like Scooby-Doo. 100%. Lillard 100%. in both roles. <laughs> it's a dual role situation. You know, there's something about you I really relate to. <laughs> and they're just they're what they're in, they're into all kinds of antics. We the rest of the movie's so dark. We gotta lighten the the plot a little we gotta, bit. We gotta lighten it up a little bit with some yeah. bits. They have some bits involving some Kilrathi snacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kilrathi uh, snacks. There you go, folks. <laughs> That's 
Wing Commander Longing for the Moon. Oh, Lisman, next week on the show we wrap up video game Valentines. I think I think I might be ready to say goodbye to it. Um but uh but not before we get oh folks, Eric Roberts is in Maybe next week's best. movie. He's actually in He's this movie, actually yeah. in next week's movie. And that's a little film called DOA colon Dead or Alive. That is the official full title DOA colon Dead but or DOA Alive. But DOA is dead or alive so why is it dead or alive colon dead or alive i have no that idea is... i have no okay you're well asking, that's what i'm calling it you're already for the rest you're already the thinking too much about this movie uh dead or alive colon dead or alive yes uh, why are you all watching a, a bikini volleyball movie well <laughs> well we're, this, we're, we're, this, you know, i will say based on to... based on what i've seen of this movie it is trying to merge the two kinds of dead or alive so it does have bikini volleyball mm -hmm. but it's also very much a martial arts movie so oh, right. sure. it's that franchise started as a as a Street Fighter ripoff. Yes, right. So, everyone this, everyone this, knows this, it as a volleyball franchise here's, now. Here's but a movie it that's was a fighting. Here's a movie first. that's really trying to reckon with both parts of its mm -hmm, <laughs> franchise mm -hmm. mythos. The true history of the franchise. Yes, of uh, uh, making also uh, thirteen year olds very horny. Listen, uh, is, is really there's a Kasugi in this movie. Oh my God! Kane Kasugi, Why? son of Sho Kasugi, who we love on this show, oh, okay. and who we previously okay. saw okay. in Pray for Death, because uh, his sons we are did. both martial artists. So anyway, uh, as always, I'll ask you: Would is, you like? Is his son one of the bikini babes? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but I will ask you: Would you like the tagline, as always, to this movie? Lay it on me. The world's deadliest assassins will enter. Only the best will survive. Dead or alive, DOA. Colon, dead two. or alive. Yeah, DOA, colon, dead or alive. There you go. And alive, joining uh, joining us next week to wrap this up is Maggie Torres, who will, I'm she sure, is. have better insights into the plot than either of us, as we've often. Of course. Uh, yeah, whatever plot yeah. there is. She's a big this. fan of the, of the video game, so, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she'll bring sure. what Mike brought to this episode. Yeah, she'll she'll, bring. She's going to uh, dive hard into the history of Dead or Alive. The uh, deep lore. The yeah. Deep, deep lore. Uh, by yeah. the way, yeah. Uh, Dead or Alive. And, and I will say this was almost the Tekken movie. So uh, I don't know. Oh, wow. Dead or Alive like, seems I don't know, sillier. Whatever we can get. Oh, we Dead, can't get Tekken? All right, yeah. Let's see and Dead or Alive seems sillier. I think this is a silly way to end this, day, so, <laughs> this month. So Please tell me you're going to do a commentary on the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. We already talked about we're going to watch the Street Fighter movie. Okay, good, 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 good. good. Yeah. Because uh, oh, yeah. we almost did Legend of Chun-Li on here, too. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I know. There, there's a lot of stuff. There's enough to do another video game month, but I will say after this month, I'm like, maybe not anytime soon. <laughs> you don't want to do the Uwe Bull month? Oh, God, we did talk about that. I don't know. Far Cry was pretty bad. Uh, that was the worst no. of this month so far. Easily, yeah. cause easily. Easily the you, worst. You would have to do Blood Rain in that lineup, and oh. that's just no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Blood Rain is going to get done over on Meet the Monsters, unfortunately. You monster. <laughs> Why would you inflict that on anyone, including yourself? Well, we're actually Meet watching. Us, the monsters. We're actually watching all the Blood Rain movies over there. So. Oh, yeesh. Dude, we are exhaustive. Uh, oh, so. Exhausted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so join us for the wrap up next week, but that is going to do it make sure you like and subscribe on whatever podcatching software you use five stars please it really helps the show 
Um, but uh, Gergoni, always a pleasure to have you on. Of course, you can hear Gergoni and Lisman over on Material Components, also here on the Punch-Up Entertainment Network. And you can hear Gergoni and I talking about Star Wars every week on May the Panel Be With You, both uh, in podcast and video form on YouTube. Uh, you can actually find all of the podcasts over on YouTube as well. Um, if you just, like you, like I said, have a second screen experience or just want to keep this running in the background, the easiest and quickest way to access those podcasts at this point would probably be YouTube. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so, but that's going to do it for this week's episode of The Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Usman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. Action Show